friends, welcome back. My name is Octavia and this is my astrology podcast. Thanks for joining. Today I'm recording this on Wednesday, January 19th, 2022 at 5.09 p.m. and that's Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So thanks again for being here. I'm really excited to be recording this transmission to share with you all. I was fortunate enough to be able to upgrade my microphone. So I hope that in this episode and, and moving forward, the sound quality will be a bit more um, balanced and equalized and generally just kinder to your nervous systems out there. <laughs> I know for me, when there's a lot going on, I, I have quite a sensitivity to sound and light uh, being really severe and kind of, yeah, just a lot on the nervous system. So I hope that the sound quality is just going to make this experience that much better for you all listening. It's been a wild beginning of the year and I'm really excited to speak to some more of these influences that are affecting us all um, and how they may be showing up for you. I'm going to be talking about Mercury uh, and kind of in a storybook fashion. I've had this funny way of, of seeing Mercury lately and how Mercury's been jumping around talking to all the other planets, to Venus, to Pluto, to Saturn, to the Sun. And Mercury loves talking. That's Mercury's sort of, you know, signature thing is communication and a short attention span. <laughs> so Mercury's being very Mercury lately. And I want to speak to that and what that actually means and how Mercury communicating with all these other planets in the way that, in the order that it's happening and what that can actually mean. Um, and to have a little bit of fun with that too. You know, the nodes change signs every year and a half, and the nodes moving into today, Scorpio and Taurus, is going to be something that we all feel. Um, and I spoke uh, about this a bit more in the last episode, if you want to hear what that can look like. And I'm, I imagine I will continue to develop this nodal shift change uh, through this episode and as as we go forward, because like I said, it's a, a longer term influence. So, and it's gradual and slow. So, but today, the interesting thing about today that is not gradual or slow, funny enough, is that Uranus is actually stationing direct. And so there may be something really disruptive about today. Uh, we know that Uranus is in Taurus Uranus would have been having some effect on our personal lives um, via Mercury during this retrograde cycle. And now Uranus is actually stationing direct, means that we might actually feel a little bit of a lift or a aha moment or something today may kind of be like, oh, wait, you know, what about that? Like, so, and, and this is kind of the influence that will be that will continue for the rest of this month. So I'm gonna speak a bit more about the forecast uh, astrologically for the next couple of weeks. I mean, essentially from now until the end of the month and there's a lot that's gonna be happening. And I wanna talk about 
the progression toward the 29th of January was going to be a really big day in terms of feeling a shift in things that have felt like they've been dragging on endlessly that will actually begin starting today, the 19th, will start to kind of loosen um, to a certain extent. I mean, things are going to remain quite serious and not necessarily clear, but they will loosen slightly in some way. So I'm going to speak more to that. The sun's also moving into Aquarius tomorrow, which is, I think, a great thing. Um, you know, we've had so many planets and we will continue to have so many planets in Capricorn. Again, just having this progress going forward, we've had Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde in Capricorn for a very long time. And so I think that having the sun finally moving on to the next sign in Aquarius is kind of like, okay, right, let's, you know, let some air in to all this deep uh, investigative earthly stuff. Let's open a window, look outside and see what else is out there, where we can go from here. So as a result of what's happened in the last two years, it's safe to say that we're all rethinking the way that we understand our health and how we have to take care and what taking care of ourselves actually means. Um, it's, it's fundamentally shifted tremendously. So with the coming out of this full moon in Cancer, as I've reflected on this and, and heard from a lot of other folks about what they've been experiencing, it's a lot of stuff from the past is coming up right now. Um, we've got two personal planets in retrograde, Mercury and Venus, and the full moon shining a light, our feeling realm, and Cancer in, a, in terms of archetype is the mother and the child. In a sense, we're having to care for our inner child or our past self in whatever, whatever age, whatever time, and asking the you know questions that do place ourselves as our primary caregiver. As these different systems externally are changing in what they're offering and how they're offering it, I think it is having an internal shift uh, effect on us as well in terms of what we now understand we have to offer ourselves and provide for ourselves. So, and sometimes I think when we are in situations where I find this personally, when I'm in a, a deeply transformational time that feels excruciating and very difficult to even live through, um, it's very easy to default into my own old behavior. So, and they've done studies on this as well, that we as creatures, as you know, animals, beings, humans, we will drop back into physiologically a survival state or a thing we did once upon a time to because we needed to survive that we thought our body registered as, okay, this is what we're going to do now to stay alive. And you can drop into these different um, physiological states that can really take over. You know, and then it, it's it's kind of like it's a lot harder to feel like there's any agency or choosing that can happen 
in those states. So I think that that's one thing I'm really thrilled about with these podcasts, these episodes, is to be able to share, you know, I've experienced certain things and and I've been very, very lucky over the years to have extraordinarily gifted healers um, in my life that I've crossed paths with and that have shown me ways I can understand healing on such a deeper level and um, made me more aware of how I could understand what's going on within myself. So again, looking at the way that we have been cared for or the way that we weren't properly cared for in the past and saying, you know, where and how, asking ourselves, like, where and how am I willing to be cared for and where and how am I unwilling to be cared for? Where do I refuse to care for myself and how and why? And I think we can really bring a an element of compassion to this line of inquiry because, because of the nature of these systems and, you know, capitalism, patriarchy, so on and so forth. At some stage in our lives, our willingness to be vulnerable, to ask for help and care has probably cost us. We haven't received what we've asked for, and in fact, probably the opposite. And if you haven't, then you are extremely fortunate. And it's not because people are bad or evil. It's just that we, it's it's hard sometimes to know what's on offer from certain folks and certain systems. And we assume that we can ask in certain situations. Allopathic medicine is a symptoms-based approach. So when we look at symptoms, you know, Western allopathic clinical biomedicine, um, which is great for lots of things. For the deeper stuff, we need deeper stuff <laughs> than just symptomatic relief. So this resonates like on a societal level, I think we take a symptoms-based approach. Um, governments and policies like to address the effect, not the cause. And it's the same in allopathic medicine. You know, in clinical medicine, it's also based on surveys and averages that come from a majority outcome. And that's what the prognosis and the prescription is based on. So it's very far removed from us as individuals in the care that we have received in those spaces historically. So this is one of those things that I think is just such a deeply transformative shift mentally, energetically, physically. It comes down to each of us on an individual level and what we've experienced and how we're showing up for those lessons from the past and transmuting them into wisdom for the present, for right now. And it's our own form of medicine we can give ourselves.
as I said, full moon happened on the 18th. Today, the 19th, the nodes change signs. Tomorrow, the 20th, the sun will move into Aquarius. And Uranus is also direct as of the 19th. So, and because Uranus uh, rules Aquarius and the sun is moving into Aquarius, and while Uranus, just after Uranus goes direct, that means that's also going to give this influence a more forward momentum. You know, with Aquarius's ruling planet going direct in the sun there, it just means we are going to feel Uranus a little bit more in our personal realm than usual um, coming through the sun. And as I said, Mercury when Mercury stationed back on the 15th. Um, and then on the 23rd, this weekend, we're going to have the sun is going to conjoin Mercury for the Kazemi. And the 24th, Mars is going into Capricorn. Mercury will be within three degrees of Pluto between January 26th and February 16th. So that's why I would like to speak a bit more about the influences of these two tra planets traveling together um, over the next few weeks because and Mercury will go direct on February 4th and Mercury doesn't actually leave its shadow uh, phase until February 24th. So it's quite a extended influence of these two planets um, in this part of the chart. And coincidentally, the U.S. is having their Pluto return this year. The United States Pluto placement um, is 27 degrees Capricorn. And all of the this activity with Venus and Mercury and both being retrograde and Pluto are dancing all over this 27 degree, uh, sensitive degree uh, for the United States natal chart. So... For all of my friends in the U.S., this all will be a bit more impactful for you all. Um, it's a really remarkable thing to live in Australia, having been here for five years as a, a an American, and to witness just how influential the U.S. is in so many aspects of life here and globally. Um, I mean, I don't want to speak to what other places, how they're influenced by the U.S., but it's really wild uh, to witness and humbling, let's say, because I see what happens at home in the States and I feel it in my body. I feel very connected to what's happening there all the time because I, of course, that's where I'm from and that I have so many people there who I love and care for deeply and think about and tune into. So when I see what happens in the U.S. and the ripple effect that that has on the rest of the world, it's really massive um, to witness just how powerful that is. So I, I think that, you know, one example of this is the vaccines um, and the FDA and emergency use authorizations, which have now um, been globally circulated, the vaccinations based on that determination that was made in the United States. So it's just a really 
wild thing to see how much the actions of the U.S. have a very real effect on everyone's lives, especially right now um, with, with everything that's going on. So the reason I go into all of that is because, you know, the, the Pluto return for the U.S., which is a 250-year cycle, um, obviously no human, <laughs> well, yet, that we know of can experience 250 years on this planet. So Pluto returns are really specific more so to civilizations, countries, books, um, that sort of thing. So, and Pluto in the US chart is Capricorn is the second house of money. Um, so, yeah, there's lots more I could say about that, but I'll leave it there for now in terms of the U.S. Pluto return. But my point being that as we move through these next several weeks, so the the, Plut the U.S. natal Pluto um, next month, middle of next month, and it'll happen two more times this year. So I really believe that we will feel the resonance of this Pluto U.S. Pluto return globally no doubt. We have on the 20th the sun going into Aquarius. We've just had Uranus station direct. And then on the 23rd, we have the Mercury Kazemi. So the sun and Mercury come together. And I really think this is going to be a an aha moment for a lot of us. Um, we're going to have a little momentum built up from the nodes changing signs. Uranus is direct. Sun enters into Aquarius. We finally have some planet leaving Capricorn, because everyone's been hanging out there forever with um, Pluto. <laughs> and on the 24th, Mars will actually enter Capricorn. So it's like we've got the sun leaves and then Mars jumps in. So one out, one in to Capricorn. Th that will feel like a tightening, like a greater seriousness will come through around that time because Capricorn and Aquarius these both of these signs are Saturn ruled and Saturn is sitting in Aquarius its home sign and is very powerful and potent there everything that is made real within the structures of our lives Saturn is the teacher Saturn is this unrelenting unforgiving you have to do this, you have to get the vaccine, you have to get the booster, you have to wear a mask, you have to, you have to, no, there's no exceptions, you can't have an exemption, you can't do this, you, you know, Saturn says no, and we have to figure out how to, to operate around that no. I've just had this vision lately of Mercury gallivanting around the planets, and I wanted to speak a bit about that, um, because Mercury is traditionally, um, in terms of Greek myth, uh, Mercury is an androgynous god, um, a bit of a little, you know, he, she, they vibe, and really quite light and quick and inquisitive and maybe a bit nosy and <laughs> short attention span, like I say, and which is great, actually, because we've got we don't need everything to be deep and intense and, you know, like we have Saturn and Pluto for that. They, those two planets do that very well. So Mercury, I think, is actually doing us a, 
a service in being Mercury at this time, because there is so much deep transformation happening and investigation and recalibrating of our values that Mercury is kind of connecting the dots, if you will, by how Mercury is connecting to the other planet. On December 29th, back on the 29th, Mercury went into shadow. And on that day, it was at 24 degrees Capricorn, exact with Venus retrograde and with Pluto. Mercury going into shadow, what that actually means is, if you're not familiar, when Mercury stations retrograde, it moves backward into degrees that it's already progressed forward in. And so the shadow point is the degree that it will end up returning to. 24 degrees Capricorn, Pluto was at 25 degrees on December 29th. Okay, so that day, Venus is retrograde, Pluto's there, they're dropping in and having a big, deep discussion and download. And Mercury's there and is kind of like, oh, wow. You guys are really intense and there's this whole thing happening here, isn't it? So maybe I should, um, yeah, maybe I should listen for a minute. You know, it's a bit much, but I'll listen for a minute. You know, um, Mercury is this sort of trickster, this, yeah, this, this deity that likes to play games and mess around. And like I said, curious, nosy, mischievous, that sort of thing. So. They were mid-download that day. And, you know, this is when, when Mercury entered shadow, this is when the context emerged for us of what was hitting a snag. And so it's a date that is a helpful one to look back on if you're tracking this Mercury retrograde cycle and Venus retrograde um, with Pluto. Because when these planets come together multiple times it, and in a similar place in the chart at a similar degree, it usually is reflected as a similar issue in our lives that is being worked out and resolved. <laughs> in regard to Mercury's plight from where Mercury dropped in originally when going into shadow on the 29th and Venus and Pluto were doing their thing in the dark and Mercury got wind of some of it and said, okay, that's nice guys, but I'm bored. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Mercury carried on forward. And <laughs> like I said, Mercury will be within three degrees of Pluto from the 26th of January through the 16th of Feb. And while Mercury is carrying on Mercury's merry way, the Kazemi happens on the 23rd where Mercury's right between the Earth and the Sun, getting this big juice up, this big boost of clarity. So for on an individual level, the way that this can show up is like whatever we've been in the dark with and contending with, we're going to get some piece of information, some insight, um, some message is going to come through and a light bulb is going to switch on. And it's like, oh, right, that's what that is. Okay. And it won't be the full story, the full reveal. It's just going to be something, as I say, that will loosen things. So, you know, Mercury 
is all too happy to have this big infusion from the sun after being down in the dark depths with Venus and Pluto back on the 29th. So the 23rd this month, this weekend, getting this big juice up, this big insight clarity. Moving right along, Mars is going to enter Capricorn the next day. Mercury stopping in Mercury's tracks, he, she, they. By seeing what's going on with Saturn and going, oh my God, that's actually totally relevant to that whole thing in the dark that was happening with those two, Pluto and Venus. You know, I didn't know what they were on about, but wow, like this is related. And I actually better just turn around and go tell them what I've just learned. So, and that happened on the 15th, 14th, 15th of January, the stationing. So the stopping just shy of Saturn, you know, Mercury's like raced ahead, like seeing what's going on with Saturn, turned around, ran back to Pluto. <laughs> and instead of stopping right at Pluto, going just beyond Pluto, because I can just picture Mercury being like, okay, well, I know that what I need to say is this, and Pluto's really slow. So I'm just going to go a little bit further three degrees back so that I've got three degrees worth of like my time to tell Pluto what I've got to say. <laughs> this is the three degrees that I'm talking about when I say Mercury will be within three degrees of Pluto between January 26th and February 16th. I feel this feels really intentional to me. Like I, I don't really believe in like, you know, the planets are doing this and it's just having this supernatural effect on things here on earth. Like this is all just um, a way to look at a, a reflection of what's happening in the sky to be able to see things a little bit differently down here on earth. Um, <laughs> just before Mercury gets back to Pluto with this big juicy gossip piece, um, Mercury conjoins with the sun on the 23rd, the Kazemi, more clarity drops in. It's like, this is the light in the dark. Like whatever Mercury was like, uh, I don't get it. Like, why don't you just turn the lights on? Ugh, whatever, I'm leaving, it's boring. On the 29th with Venus and Pluto, Mercury kind of got what Mercury wanted um, and will get rather on the 23rd with this Kazemi. It's like, okay, well, here's the sun. Here's the, here's the light. Here's a big reveal. So Mercury's already on this path back toward Pluto with this message regarding what is happening with Saturn, uh, droning on about Saturn stuff. And Mercury gets infused with this extra insight and we'll continue to move back toward Pluto and then tell Pluto what the fuck's been going on with the other ones, <laughs> the other planets. Because Aquarius and Capricorn are signs that are neighboring each other and neighboring signs are in aversion. So they're not communicating. And this is true in any chart. Sign, neighboring signs don't communicate without some other direct line of some sort communicating them to one another. So Mercury's really helping us out here and saying, running back and like, you know, running back and forth between Capricorn and Aquarius is actually 
really helpful because it's giving us this light and the dark and these two parts of our lives, whatever part of your chart contains Capricorn and Aquarius, those two areas of your life require that you connect them in some way. I mean, and this is, if we think about, you know, in life, this often happens, like we'll have really good things happen in one part of our life. And then in another part, things will be really sticky and arduous and difficult. So, and this is a way, like one of the ways that we can look at astrology and say, okay, why are things so good here and so challenging over there? And like, how can I actually mitigate that? Um, so this is what Mercury is helping us do in a, in a broader sense and on an individual level. Mercury and Pluto come together three times. When Mer The first one was when Mercury was direct on December 30th. The second one will be when on the 29th when v Venus stations direct. Mercury will conjoin Pluto while retrograde. And the third one is February 12th. So those are the significant dates with these two planets mercury being the planet that is the closest to us for the longest and pluto who is the planet that is the furthest from us so we're connecting things from uh afar to something very intimately close to us and this can be the past, this can be um, the collective, you know, there's a lot of ways that this can show up. But on the 29th, when Mercury retrograde conjoins Pluto at 26 degrees Capricorn, if you have anything in late degrees of Capricorn, you've got a lot of change happening on your in your life and there's a lot of planetary influence happening stacked up here and whenever i i find that that's the case with clients or with myself or friends even when there's a lot of planetary stuff happening in one part of your life your chart surrender is key because there's a lot of bigger forces moving things and when that's happening we don't have that much we have to actually do except just show up and be willing and take care of ourselves in the process. So less is more if you've got a lot of Capricorn late degree placements, uh, significant late degree Capricorn stuff, um, or anything opposing or in square. So if you've got uh, late degrees, Aries, Libra, or Cancer, so you'll be getting a lot of high impact in your in that part of your chart, your life. On the 29th, our big special day coming up, when Venus stations direct, the moon will also enter Capricorn on the 29th. So this will mean that the moon, Mars, Venus, Mercury, and Pluto will all be in Capricorn. <laughs> and then the sun and Saturn will be in Aquarius. And I'll be delving further into that big Capricorn pileup next week on the next episode. And I will also talk about 
wrapping up the tail end of this month with Venus stationing direct and the new moon on the 1st of February and I will give a bit more of an overview of what we can expect in February. We're going to have uh, Mars and Venus come together in Capricorn for most of Feb. So tune in next week. And if you want to hear more about that and the forecast, thanks so much for listening. If you are interested in booking a reading, I have a link in my bio on Instagram to uh, my offerings at the moment. And all of my readings are tailored specifically to you and your intention. And so if you, if that sounds like something you're interested in, let me know. I'm in the process of getting my Mighty Networks up and running. And the thing that's beautiful about Mighty Networks is it just, it's, it's not tied to all the same algorithmic data sharing, hacking crap as Facebook, but everything is done from the ground up. So it's um, a little bit more of a learning curve for me. And so just know that I'm still working away on it behind the scenes and um, I'm going to be updating it soon. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Octavia Carney. If you have any questions or feedback, if there's anything that you are wondering about this time, anything I've touched on that you'd like to ask and that you'd want me to bring up in a future episode, just shoot me a message. And I'm sure if you're wondering it, it's highly likely that other people are as well. So take care, friends. And until next time, stay safe, well, and wise.